this is Destiny, your host, and I would like to welcome you guys to my podcast called We Got Time, where we talk about stigmas put on us as children that were things that led us to where we are today, and whether you stirred away from it or kept on the same path, and just to show that how everybody experienced different things, and we shouldn't compare ourselves to each other. Whereas we should go on our path, which is followed by us only. So my guest today is awesome. Just want to let you guys know that. And after the podcast, if you guys really like it, could you guys please go on our Facebook at We Got Time Podcast. And we also have a Instagram at we underscore got dot time. Yeah, someone kind of already took my name, so it's kind of weird, you guys. So bear with me. Bear with me. Hi, can you hear me? Hi. Yes, I can hear you. Awesome. Awesome, man. Um, apologies. Did I miss your call? No, it's okay. <laughs> I just call like, what? It's okay. But, oh my God, you don't understand. I'm totally fangirling right now. I am. I'm like obsessed. I'm, I'm, I'm honored. Thank you. Thank I'm so obsessed with your podcast. Oh my god! Like, oh I, man, you were literally like the first podcast I ever listened to, and for you to like be on my podcast, I'm like forever grateful and just, I'm, I'm so happy. Dude, um, I'm 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 glad. I'm happy. I'm proud. And yeah, let's let's do this. Are we doing it already? Um, uh, no. <laughs> I just um, started, but like I, I could cut that out. I was just like, "Oh gee." <sighs> I mean, I keep keep it in. It just it makes for it makes for better viewing, better listening. Actually. Okay, okay. Um, yeah. I wanted to do your introduction, but I think you do your introduction so well. So I was wondering if you could just introduce yourself real quick to the podcast. All right. Um, my name is Hakeem Anderson Masolang, author of 200 Truths About Love, Rosewater, writing my third book now. It's called Fuck the Bro Code, excuse the language. <laughs> um, I'm a father, first and foremost. I'm a dad of two amazing girls, and I pride myself with that. Um, I am a lover of black love, of um, healthy black families. I'm a transformational therapist, uh, meaning I can give you results in less than 66 sessions. <laughs> <laughs> when you go to, to uh, people, people are so disillusioned with going for therapy now that um, even in the black community where we're not really used to going to therapy, we when you find out the stories that people who have been going to therapists um, tell you and talk to you about, you kind of don't want to, you kind of don't even want to go to therapy because it takes forever and it's a, it, it's, it seems and feels like it's a waste of money. So I'm a transformational therapist. We focus on um, results-based therapy. Um, and my sessions are really dope. It's like you're talking to your little brother or your big brother, depending on how old you are. Um, I'm a South African brother. I am a property investor. Uh, I love wealth. I love money. I love abundance. I believe <laughs> I believe I was sent in this world to enjoy all the abundance that, um, that, that I can enjoy and teach people how to achieve abundance in and of themselves, in their minds, in their hearts, in their lives, in their families, and in, um, you know, um, in business as well. So, yeah, I'm a high-performance coach, and um, yeah, now I'm here with uh, Miss Destiny. Yes. Excellent. <laughs> that is beautiful. I loved it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I totally agree with everything you just said. That is dope. <laughs> Keep Thank on going, you. King. So Keep on going. <laughs> always. Always going. <laughs> yes. So, um, I'm going to start getting into the questions. So, are you ready for me? <laughs> I'm, I'm ready for you. I've been okay. ready for you. Okay. Yeah. So, my first question I like to ask all my guests are, what was the biggest stigma pushed on you as a child? And it's like either pertaining to what your future should look like or like what they expected of you as just a man, you know, or yeah. as a black man, you know? Yeah. Um, the, the, I, I figure the stigma imposed on me has been imposed on, on a lot of black men. Um, the fact that, well, it, well, it's when I, when I converted it and I, I looked at it from... Um, 
um, like the, my purpose work. A, a lot of the stuff that I was pushed to um, really, really saved me from, from myself. It saved me from the streets. You know how they say uh, she belongs to the streets? Those yeah. streets that they say she belongs to, um, a lot of the stuff that I was pushed to um, saved me from that, even though I subscribed to it for um, for years and years. I subscribed to, to the street code for years and years, and it, it really didn't yield well for me. It, it didn't. It wasn't in, in, in tow with the... Uh, Purpose work that I, I decided when I was a, when when I was nine that I want to um, get involved in, you know. So in the family, though, I, I I guess the limiting beliefs that my parents had and the fears of society. I'm South African, so my parents my parents grew up and they married in the apartheid regime, right? So mm-hmm. there there was a lot of fear of um, white people and the police and the, um, the government. Right, so most of those fears were imposed on me, um, and 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 you know, like I was I was sheltered almost until I, I until I broke free of that from the, from the age of nine, and it started with me rebelling against the church. I, I'm a PK. I was raised in the church. Oh, um, yes, I am too. Oh, word. Yes. <laughs> I'm a PK. I was raised in the church. Um, and I rebelled against it. Now here's this nine-year-old kid who wants to be a Muslim because none of the none of the elders can give him clear answers on who Jesus Christ is. None of the elders can give him um, uh, clear answers on what the Trinity is for, who created the, the, the Trinity. Was Jesus was Jesus a Christian? So that those were the first phases of me rebelling against what the programming in the family and programming in society is, because we live in a predominantly um, uh, Christian Christian society. Uh-huh. Um, and so, so for me, I, I, I opted out of um, that programming from a very early age, and kind of rebelled against the limiting beliefs. I, I guess my gut and my, my soul kind of, you know, told me and taught me that I I am meant for more, and the, the limiting the limiting beliefs would limit my my more, you know. And mm-hmm. so I yeah, I started rebelling, and I, I yeah. So those were imposed on me from from a very early age, and you know, obviously protector, provider, and all of that. Those those came in came in in my teenage years when like now you almost you've almost matriculated, you've almost graduated from high school. You need to start looking at uh, uh, providing for yourself first and for the family later on because then that comes along. And um, yeah, it was it was imposed on me. Tried rebelling against it, and then you know, as as a Muslim, as a Muslim brother. You know, reading the Quran all the time and God telling you how responsible, what your responsibilities are in in life uh, and towards women and children and your society and your community and being your brother's keeper, you can't shun those responsibilities for long. The, the protection and the providence, you really can't shun those protections for long. Uh, I mean, those um those roles, you can't you can't leave them mm-hmm. um any longer than you you can. You know, so yeah, yeah. I guess I guess that's what that's that's the stigma. Those are the stigmas that were imposed on me. And they're all based on stereotypes, really. Stereotypes and fears. Ugh, we hate stereotypes. <laughs> when um, when you said that as you were growing up, you you finally realized, like after your teenage years, that you had to like you know put responsibilities first. Do you think like yeah. it was forced upon you to feel that way, or it just automatically came with you? Like you just felt at this moment in time. I need to be the perfect man and step up and understand it's responsibility time. Or did were there like any events in your life that made that happen? Um, there, there have been events in my life that have made that happen. First, I, I come from I come from a very uh, a very structured family, right? Mm-hmm. Like my father, my my mom and dad, like you know they they both worked, mm-hmm. uh, but my father kind of took the lead with with a lot of things, especially with especially with work and money and bills and all of that. So I always, I always loved that, and I valued that about him. The fact that he he took he took this leadership role, um, you know, in stride. Like he always did it in stride. The disciplining he did it in stride, um, you know. And even though in my in my young years, mm-hmm. in, in my child my childhood years, my childish years, I didn't understand a lot of the stuff that he was talking about. Reality will help you meet what your parents told you, told you and taught you about, right? Um, so yeah. I met those realities very early in my life. Very early in my life, I met those realities. So I didn't feel any imposition on me with due regards the providence and the protection of the family and being a husband and being a dad and being 
you know, being a man and then like rising, rising up to rising up to my responsibilities and, and standing in, in the, the fight in this world to be a man and to actually, you know, get the food, you know, like make sure, mm-hmm. make sure the dinner table is, is filled with food, uh, with good food on top of that. Um, you know, even getting married early, that, like that was never imposed on me, um, as a kid. So, so now nah, I don't think anything was, was pushed on me or imposed on me. I just grew into it. Like from, from the age of 19, I kind of knew I wanted to get married early, you know, cause I saw, I saw what was happening around me and I was just like, nah, <laughs> nah, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to get involved in multiple relationships and break my heart and then get this disillusioned with love. I'm not going to do that to myself. And until I got my, my heart broken, um, and you know the person I decided to marry was really not the person I wanted to marry. It was it was the person who was there for me. So that was my best friend uh, and the mother of my children now, who's, who's still you know we we still really close, co-parenting. Like man, it's a breeze, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And but that had that had a lot like you know after our divorce and everything that had to be worked on as well. Um, you know, and, and being and being in that marriage and feeling inadequate as a as a man and inadequate as a husband as well. So those things those things only came after um, the pressure to be to be the provider and protector came after. Now you've assumed this role. No one taught you how to how to play this role. No one taught you how to how to be in this role and lead. My father never taught me how to be a husband. Mm-hmm. My uncles never taught me how to be a husband. Society never taught me to be a husband. It taught me how to be a player. What? You know. <laughs> Yeah, like it, like it, like I was taught like the bro code, the bro. Like, uh, oh yeah, the bro code. My, my, my next book is called "Fuck the Bro Code," right? Okay, yeah, um, I like that. So the bro code teaches you how to be everything but a loyal husband or a loyal boyfriend or loyal to the person you're choosing. Mm-hmm. So I, I was still subscribing, like, and and because I got my heart broken, I was I was subscribing heavily to those to those rules and to and, and to that code, even even if it was understated, because you know now I'm assuming the the, the role of a husband um the the activities in the role of a husband what the husband is supposed to do i was never taught those things i was mm-hmm. never put that set down on the table um um and and taught yo these are the tools this is what you do this is mm-hmm. what happens this is you know say say sorry all the time even when you're not sorry <laughs> even sorry when you know, you're, not, you're not wrong say sorry all the time you know um and and so and so I, I kind of failed my role as a husband at first and um yeah so that that led to the relationship collapsing and yeah well cheating led to the relationship collapsing emotional cheating led to the relationship collapsing and yeah okay um so you said you were married do you and you said you really weren't in love with her I was wondering, like, yeah. have you ever been in love? And when you were, how long did it take you to come to terms with your feelings? I've been in love a lot of times. I think I think I I, I was in love with her. Mm-hmm. I just when when I said when I said and I analyzed because you know once you get into the practice of analyzing your thoughts and your behavior and your actions and your decisions it can't stop and i started really early in my life doing that like auditing auditing my my actions and my my um the reason things began and the reason things are where they are i i've always i've always um given myself leave to do that so i so i know that i'm serving and and i know that i'm serving right so Mm -hmm. when i sat down with it after the you know the the wave the wave kind of calmed down the wave kind of crashed and it calmed down i then started i i i analyzed okay you come from this type of relationship and that that relationship was really fulfilling you got cheated on in that relationship and that's the reason that relationship doesn't exist anymore were that relationship to end in a healthy manner would you be married to the mother of your child and the answer was no are you satisfied with yourself and how you're showing up in this relationship? The answer was no. Can you improve it and do you want to improve it? The answer was no. Because I didn't want to, I didn't want to be, like after answering the first question, I really didn't want to be in that marriage. So it's not that I didn't love her. I mm-hmm. did. I, I just made decisions based on my hurt and, and, and her being in my life was a distraction almost for me not dealing with the hurt and not dealing with the heartbreak and not dealing with the pain of losing someone I actually really loved and someone in the marriage that I still yearn for, yearn to be with, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so I hadn't dealt with any of that. And I, 
wasn't fair of me. It was it was you know childish of me to do that. Um, and you know I I'll still take ownership and you know I'll, I'll forever take care of, my, of the mother of my children. Like I'll even go beyond measure <laughs> to make sure that she's cool because of what I know I did to her. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, and so I did. I did love her. So how how was have I ever been in love? Yes, countless amount of times I've been in love. Um, and how was how how did I know what like when did I when did it hit me that I'm actually in love? It hit me when I decided to to start loving this person. It hit me when I decided to go for this person because there's qualities about them that I love. There's mannerisms about them that I love. The character is something that I can I can grow. And, and love even more, you know, more than liking. So, love is love is a decision. It's not a growing emotion. Well, you know. Yes, I totally agree with love, you. Love, love is a decision. I, I just told I just told the people that were signed that, that signed up for my webinar, um, and it's happening again next week Wednesday. Um, I signed up for my webinar to yes, 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 believe in love. But do not romanticize love. Romanticize mastering your mind. So when you decide on the person you're going to love, it's from a clear mind. You're clear about your principles. You're clear about your values. You're clear about what what you want to be multiplied in your life with that person, not by that person, but with that person. And that can only start like that kind of love can only can only can only grow like to prosperity if it starts with you being decided about that person. You know. Mm-hmm. If you lead, if you lead with the heart, then you're leading with the secondary. The heart is a secondary, it's a secondary tool. So, so thoughts influence what feelings and emotions you feel. The feelings uh, then replicate um, in the heart because the heart is like a hall of mirrors, right? Whatever mm-hmm. it is you think you're going to feel greatly about, right? And if, if I'm thinking about this person that I have taken into my life and I love them, my heart is going to replicate those feelings entirely and those feelings are going to inspire and trickle into my actions so how i treat this person is how i think about them how i treat this person is how i feel about them right so mm-hmm. romanticize mastering your mind mastering your principles mastering your values and knowing what your worth it is so when you decide on a person you decide on the person who's going to add to that not someone who's going to siphon from that or not someone who's going to steal from that and deplete you i totally agree yeah Earlier, you said you saw everyone like doing this, like getting married and stuff. And then you also said that you knew when you decided to love her that you loved her. Did you have a time frame present in your relationship? And was it like based off of you or just like what was going on around you? Um, I think I think it was what was going on, like what was going on around me because I live in a I, well, at the time, I lived in a in a, in a in quite a, a vibrant Muslim community, and in a, in a Muslim community, I don't know if you know, but in the Muslim community, we marry young, <laughs> we marry wow. really young, mm-hmm. young, young. Wow. <laughs> like we, we marry young. Like at, at, at eighteen, you could get you could get scooped. You know, wow. a lady could come to you and say, "Hey, I want your dad's numbers. What you want my dad's numbers for? <laughs> I want to talk to him about marrying you." <laughs> wow. It could, it could happen like that. So, so I got married at um at age twenty twenty three, right? Mm-hmm. I was twenty three when I got married. So, um, around me in my community, everyone was married. Right, everyone mm-hmm. was married. So I just, I just told everyone, I saw everyone around me like, "Yo, y'all are married." I kind of feel whack. I'm single. I'm out here single and stuff. And I was a rapper at the time, right? Like, and all, all the brothers really love coming to my shows. Mm-hmm. So hearing, hearing what the sisters were saying, um, the day after or or the week after when we'd meet for our, for our weekly, uh, our weekly meetings and and um, and to do reports, to do business reports and stuff. Um, what I'd hear the chats are being um, uh, by the ladies um, would I'd, I'd feel I'd feel bad almost because I'm like you know here's here's some a bunch of righteous brothers who are married hanging around a single a single brother who's a rapper who like works in the nightlife mm-hmm. <laughs> who works in clubs you know like who works in clubs and they all go into clubs with them. You know, but these men pray five times a day. <laughs> so, so I kind of felt bad. So I was like, "Yo, yo, listen. If y'all know any sister out here who's Muslim and wants to get married, I'm, I'm game for real." He said, "I'm and game." I could, I could afford it. I could afford it. I'd been planning for it. I'd been saving for it. Um, for for marriage, anyways. So, um, then, then a brother, a brother around me, like an imam, um, sort of like a preacher. <laughs> 
you need to look in your circle like you need to look in your circle and see someone who knows you and so to me it was a no-brainer because here's someone who's been here for me throughout my heartache and who knows me and like you know lives just up my my street um in in my in my township in my hood and you know when i when i asked her about it she was like yeah let's do it so <laughs> so she loved me i just didn't know the extent of how much she loved me you know mm-hmm. and and i loved her but it was just it was platonic but i guess that grew over time as well um so yeah um it, it was a decision that i took it it, it was a uh, it was on my time it was mm-hmm. and and it was it was the influence around my my environment it, i was the decision was influenced by my environment yes Okay, so I, I just want to bring it back up. You said you were a rapper? Girl. <laughs> girl, I used to have bars. You have bars. <laughs> One of the most prolific performing, p- performing artists um, this side of the pond. Um, but I just decided against it. It was, um, it wasn't, it was, I ended up doing it out of desperation to chart mm-hmm. instead of doing it for the love of music. You know, which is what I started for. I started, I started because I really, really love music. Um, but, but then, like around at the tail end of my of my rap career, it just felt I was so desperate to chart that I was I was making music that was misleading and misguiding, and I wasn't. I'm not that. I wasn't that type of a rapper. I was, you know, content based. I used to speak about life and and love and the black family and 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 you know. Mm-hmm. So I was I was the Kendrick and J Cole of that that time okay 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 so and my my performances man like like i put on a show man i I didn't care if there were four people or 400 or four thousand people in the arena like i i I just didn't care it was i just i just put on a show because i really love being on the stage as well um i'm i'm like i've got a musical musical theater training background um and so like me getting on stage was I actually, I actually didn't study for it. I used to go bomb classes because uh, one of my, like, five of my friends used to be musical theater uh, students. So the security guards knew me and the lecturers knew me too. So I used, I used to just walk into the class. Okay, okay. You know, the camp, the campus security guards knew me because I was always with my friends. I, I was always, my, I, I loved the way they thought about music and the way they wrote their songs. So mm-hmm. I just hung around them so much that the security at, at the at the at the campus really, like, they knew me because I interacted with everyone. I really, I, I just like I greeted everyone. I brought fruits for everyone. I bought food for everyone. So, so it was it was easy for me to make it to class. So I just bombed classes for like three years, easily. Wow. Yeah, so so I had that background, so I really loved music, and so me being on stage used to feel like I was privileged to be on stage. You know, I was privileged to be in front of people and showing them what I can do and giving them music at that level and at, and, and at that rate as well. Uh, but at the tail end of it, I, I, I'd grown so far away from what I started music for that I was it was just not worth it. And it just brought me a lot of headaches. Like, just dealing with rappers is just a headache. Um, I just... Nah. If you're a rapper listening to this, like I'll be your therapist. <laughs> <laughs> he said, "If you're a rapper listening to this, I'll be your therapist." <laughs> I, yeah. I would like ask you about like your prime, but that kind of sounds like it was a prime moment. Would you say that? <laughs> would you consider your rap career like your prime? No, I don't, I, I've actually haven't haven't hit my zenith yet. I, I don't think I've hit my primes yet. What? I don't think I, I feel like every day I'm only just starting. Oh my god, I like how you said that. Every day I'm only I, just starting. Yeah, I feel like every single day I'm only just starting in my journey. So I don't feel like I've done enough as yet. Like, I, I, I asked, I asked um, my, my, I just reactivated my Facebook like three days ago. Mm-hmm. And I asked the people that, um, like the friends on Facebook, I, I'm like, y'all still, y'all still holding on to this Flex Boogie character, huh? <laughs> and about, I think, I think it's got over 200 comments now. And people are just like, yeah, um, like the, my first, the first, they're talking about the first time they saw me perform. They're talking about the sets that I did, the stage performances, the music, the releases and how special they were. And I'm just like, that's such a, that's such a, um, 
a lifetime away from me. Now, when I think about it, it's such a lifetime away from me because of how much I've done after mm-hmm. and how much I'm doing now as well. That I like, I, I want to look back at my past and say, damn, that feels like a lifetime ago. Um, and and still and celebrate it and not and not be disgruntled by the fact that I, I did that you know like I, I did all of that which is yeah. why I I changed my behavior so much that like when I look back at, at you know the streets uh, me being part of the streets and pro- and propagating the the bro code when I look back at that it feels like like twenty lifetimes ago practically you know mm-hmm. and um, and and I'm proud of that I'm proud that I can look back and it feels like such a a distant lifetime not even a distant memory but a distant lifetime away um so that wasn't even my prime my prime is still i'm i'm yet to hit that i think people will decide what my prime is okay, okay. you know yeah. yeah so um with that being said what would you call this time like you're in right now in your life like pertaining to like your mental career relationship like what would you call this yeah. very moment of your life if it's not your prime Service in abundance. Ooh, I'd call I like this that. time in my life right now service in abundance. Okay. You know what I mean? Like everything, everything that I do is I'm I'm serving. I'm just I'm 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 serving um, with the the tools that I've gotten um, throughout the you know my my twelve year self mastery journey. I'm serving with the way I love uh, my family, the way I love my children, the way I love my work, the way I love, um, you know, the, like every moment I'm literally, I'm enjoying this so much right now that mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, like I'm in the moment, every single moment, you know what I mean? Um, I, I love, I love my wife. I love my, I love my, my, um, the, the businesses I'm in. I love being a therapist. I completely and eternally wholeheartedly, emotionally, spiritually, physically love being a therapist. I love my clients. I love everyone who signs up for my therapy, for my therapy, for the type of therapy that I do. I love seeing people change, man. I love seeing people transform right in front of my eyes because that's what happens in your sessions. You will transform right in front of my eyes. Yes. And, and I, I love my dad. I love my dad for who he is. Like him, like in all like his polarities, his shortcomings, his weaknesses, his strengths, his, you know, his, his love for life, his love for God. I love being a Muslim, I love being in the Muslim community. I love the fact that I've got a Christian background. I love my Christian counterparts. I love, you know, like I love mm-hmm. life. I love life, and it's I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful that God has given me an opportunity to do this again and do better than I did yesterday. Yes, I love it. I love that you love all that. Like that's just awesome. Like a lot of people can't say that they appreciate everything that has happened to them to this very yeah. moment like that's something yeah. you should really hold on to like i applaud really, you for that honestly i really honestly, applaud like, you for I, that I, I also love money money is amazing same money is <laughs> amazing yes. money is good man it is money's money's healthy you know money's healthy for people it is it's <laughs> I, I wish money on everyone i talk to everyone that i meet in my life i wish money on all y'all man like like abundance of it like unending wells and oceans of money i swear to god <laughs> yes. i love it yeah and it's awesome. yeah, really. i just love it it seems like you're like really really thriving like i i just love the energy you're giving everything and yeah. i just i just yeah. really want to know like were there any like tactics big or small that put you put in place as like your individual person to see change Definitely. or progress like in your life because it seemed like you came a long way Definitely. Um, just uh, excuse me one second, but just keep listening to me as I I'm listening. take this. Um, so strategies that I put in place were like my journey to self mastery really yielded me seven tools that I still use to date that like that get me incredible results in my life. And um, the the uh, webinar that I did earlier on today, I was I was talking about these tools. Like this is where that's the webinar is where I give people these tools, and mm-hmm. you know. I give them a way to a way to achieve them. So um, there's about seven tools that I use, and one is mindset. You know, I, I have an abundance mindset. I have a billionaire mindset. I have a healthy mindset. I have a growth mindset. You know, uh, everyone listening to this, please grab yourself a book by Carol S. Dweck. Carol S. Dweck. It's called Mindset. Please, Destiny, 
please do this, Miss Lockett. I got you. Grab that book and read it. Um, if you have if you have Blinkist, listen listen to that book. Um, listen to the summary of that book, but grab the book and read it because the examples he makes in there, and they're going to literally reshape how you look at everything and how you how you see yourself in everything. Could you give me you the know, title one more time? Um, the, the book is called Mindset by um, Carol S. Dweck. Set. Okay, got you. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's so mindset is very important to me because everything starts with your thoughts, right? Mm-hmm. Every every single thing that you that you every single reality that you're enjoying or enduring starts with your thoughts. Everything. Every single thing. Even even your reactions, even your um your automatic responses to things, even the knee knee jerk um responses are literally from your mind so if that is from your mind like money how much money you get it's all from your mind how much money you make is all from your mind um you know the the um the negativity that's in your life is all in your mind if your mind isn't strong and if you don't have principles and standards and and, um, uh, values that you've put in place and you operate from on a daily basis things are going to happen to you instead of you happening to life right yeah. You need to start happening to life instead of waiting for things to happen to you and happen for you, right? Mm-hmm. You need to make things happen for yourself. So the second tool is know your programming. Know that everything in this life that you consume, that you hear, that you read, even me talking right now is programming. It's programming your mind. And because it's programming your mind, it'll program your feelings. And because it's programming your feelings, it programs your actions. And when it programs your actions, it's going to filter into every single thing. The result are either going to be enjoyable or you're going to have to, you know, like sit with resentment for mm-hmm. your own actions. So be very careful of what you take in. Trim trim the, the your social media consumption. Only follow people that add to you. Only follow um, minds um, that that make your mind an incredible place to to enjoy. You know, mm-hmm. make your heart an incredible place to enjoy. Make your, your body an incredible place to enjoy. Um, um, thirdly, be be cognizant of the people that are in your life physically you know the people that you see all the time so trim your friend circle make sure that your relations with your family are um you know are pristine you know like mend mend the bonds that you have with you with your kin if it's if there's pain there be the one that heals be the one that that leads people to healing you know but mm-hmm. make sure your bonds of kinship are strong you know because those people have literally um um encyclopedias of history that you need to know things that you need to know about your bloodline that you either will stop continuing or you will continue into the future in terms of values and principles and um you know the mission the mission that you are now the, the mission that you're serving you know so to do that yeah that's that's the third tool family and your new values you need to shape your new values but you need to mentize with your family it doesn't matter whether you um you know you married your father or married your mother you only have a father you only have a mother or you you and your siblings have been fighting it doesn't matter swallow your pride and mend those those um those relations jay-z said um nobody eats when the family feuds i love that oh my god that is the perfect saying like when i heard that i i thought about all my broken ties like i was like damn gotta get right nobody eats literally nobody eats because your 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 soul isn't happy and your soul can only really rejoice when it sees your actions benefiting the people that it shares blood with Mm -hmm. kinship kinship is important nobody eats when the family feuds so fix that and then decide from here and now that their limiting beliefs are not your limiting beliefs are not your beliefs at all that they fears are not your identity that they um they are you know proclivities to negativity <laughs> proclivity to negativity they they pre pre um preoccupation with being negative has nothing to do with you people are facing their own demons and they speak from that perspective mm-hmm. you know they speak from that pain they speak from that hurt it has nothing to do with you until you do an action that that you know um that calls for that behavior until you do something that calls for that behavior it has nothing to do with you so stop making what they say what they do and how they live a reason for you to stop appreciating who you are and for you not to be an exponential being right yeah so new values you have to design your values your principles your life your love your your person you have to design your person to serve what god has sent you to this world for 
right, while still maintaining ties with your family. So all those broken ties, fix them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's number three. Number four is money, financial freedom. I'm telling you guys, I love money. I love what money can afford me. I love what money can get me. I love the, the doors that money opens. I love the respect that money buys me. Right. So every single black person listening to this, every single white person listening to this, that's 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 below the poverty line or one check away from being broke and being in debt for good. You need to master the language of money. It runs everything, and because it runs everything, not knowing anything about it sets you up for lo- for losses. Sets you up to be a loser. Right. Yeah. We're in a generation where we we are the generation that has it the easiest. Right. You're in Atlanta right now. I'm in Pretoria, South Africa. Mm-hmm. Do you understand how easy we have it? If you do not appreciate what we have right now, then it's going to depreciate because you're not going to find value in it. And your what what God has sent you here for is going to be taken away from you and given to someone else. And the only thing you'll be left with is resentment and I wish I shoulda, coulda, woulda. Yeah. Right. You don't want to do that. So master the language of money. Master master your knowledge of money. Apply your knowledge of money in the world, in your world first. Right. So learn, learn things. Undo, undo the limiting beliefs. Undo the fears that surround money. Undo the fears that surround success. Undo, you know, the, your fear of entrepreneurship. Undo your fear of being seen. Undo all of that. That's just garbage. That's garbage. If God, if God has guaranteed you success in in the Quran, God says, God says, um, in the call to prayer says, Come to prayer, come to prayer, come to success, come to success, come get, come get your success. And then God in the Quran says, says that your success is written for you in abundance already. Surah Al-Qawthar, your success is written in abundance for you already. All you have to do is wake, acknowledge me and praise and go get it. That's all you have to do. Money has been written for you. Property has been written for you. Business has been written for you. Success in terms of currency has been written for you in flow, but you have to get in that flow in order to catch the wave. Mm-hmm. Right? And you, you can only do that if you understand money. You can only do that if you understand investments. You can only do that if you treat savings, if you treat your savings as a bill. It's a bill. Like your phone bill is, like your water bill is, like your light bill is. Savings is a bill, right? Yeah. You need an emergency fund. You need you need um your, you you need to go you need to to make your noodle budget very strong. It has to be on Hercules muscles, right? <laughs> Hercules you, need to, you, need have, you need to have your noodle budget at least six to twelve months to to um you know um, eighteen to two years, eighteen months to two years, right? Mm-hmm. You have to, you have to have that. So we need to master the language of money, and we need to stop being so afraid to talk about it. You know, yeah. like death. Like death. Here's 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 a nugget for you. Here's a nugget for and, and for everyone that's listening. Okay. The fastest way to to create generational wealth, the fastest fastest way to generate uh, to to create generational wealth is to take out um, life insurance on your mother or your dad, on your oldest siblings, on your grandmother. Pay the high premiums, and when you know when they pass, you give them a dignified funeral, only spending five percent of that money. And the rest goes into your children, you investing in your children, right? Mm-hmm. You opening those investment accounts for your children. You know, you're, you're boosting your Roth RIA and then using your Roth RIA to invest that money in um, in stocks and bonds. Or, or not even investing, like then trading, trading that money, right? Not mm-hmm. all of it, but you know what I mean? But you, you're investing in yourself, you're investing in improving yourself, you're investing in improving your siblings' lives, you're investing in, in, in making sure that when your children reach maturity, <laughs> they, they, their stock portfolio has matured as well. Their assets have matured as well. Or their assets have been paying you rent that pays for their school fees and pays for their, you know, like, the, we're not going to take us. This generation isn't going to take our children to college. Our children are going to homeschool. Our children are going to, <laughs> our children are going to study everything on YouTube and online. Let's just be real about that. So you yeah. need to invest in these programs and make sure that they have them already. Whatever it is they they, they like and want to do, you have to have the pocket in, to, to make sure that they get that. You know, mm-hmm. that's the fastest way of ensuring that your children, your this this generational wealth in your family, knowledge, wisdom, money, master money, master money, right? So, um, the fifth one is man. Fuck everyone else. 
I use the word fuck a lot because everyone is fucking. You either being fucked or you get you fucking around. You know, right? Like, like I, I love, I love that word. It's, it's, it's a passion word. It's filled with a lot of passion and a lot of love and a what lot word? of fire inside of it. Right? <laughs> and it's filled with a lot of lust. So I, I use it a lot. I fuck yourself if you've been fucking yourself. You know, and you know if you if you fucking someone, fuck up. You know, as in like. You know, fuck someone who's gonna who's gonna propel you towards greatness, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, who's, who's who's going to be your coach? Who's going to be in your corner all the time and stop settling for less than what you are? Yeah, right. So so uh, fuck everyone else. Everyone else's opinion about you doesn't matter. Everyone has opinions. They like assholes, and everyone has them. So focus on yourself. Focus on you. What are you maturing to? What are you growing to? What are you um, what are you fixing up? What are you gearing up to live? How what how do you want to enjoy your day to day? Focus on that, right? And the next one is do the work, man. Do the work, literally do the work. Um, invest in yourself highly. That's that's the seventh. That's the seventh one. Um, no one. The, the 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 sixth one is do your work. No one is coming to save you. Jesus, the Messiah, the Messiah that Christians and and and, and Muslims believe in. You cannot be a Muslim until you believe in, in Christ and His second coming. You can't be a Muslim until you believe in his, in his mother. You can't be a Muslim until you believe in his mother's mother's prayer for him to become the Messiah and the savior of the children of Israel. You cannot be a Muslim, mm-hmm. right? That's that's a, that's a nugget for, for, for every Christian out there. Like We have more commonalities than we have differences. The only difference between a Christian and a Muslim is how we pray and who we pray to. Exactly. Yes? That's yes. the only difference. So now, the Messiah, Jesus, Esau, is only going to come and save humanity. It's probably not going to be in your lifetime. So you need to be your own personal Messiah. Because Jesus, on the day of, on Yom Kriyama, on the day of judgment, Jesus is going to ask you, what have you done with the time that my father gave you on the earth to leave it a better place than you found it? Mm. Yes. He's going to ask you that. So if you're waiting for Jesus to come and you're relying on church and you're relying on the mosque and you're relying on you're relying on everyone else and not yourself to be your own personal hero, you fucking up. Mm-hmm. You fucking up. So fuck everyone else. You need to fix that. You need to fix number one. How many ones until the one? How many how many ones will you focus on until you focus until you learn to focus on the one that really truly matters? You know. Mm-hmm. The treasure that you are. If you do not invest in the treasure that you are, you're going to lose throughout life, right? That's the sixth tool that I use. The, se- the seventh one is invest in resources. Invest in that coach. Invest in that therapist. Invest in that um, that, that that mentorship program. Invest in invest in books. Invest in um, um, self mastery. Invest in um, money. You know, invest in the stock market. Invest in your family. You know, go into family banking. Everyone that's listening, please listen to, please look up Derek Gray's, buy his courses. He's going to teach you family banking. You're going to be great after that. Trust me, family banking is sent his family. You guys create LLCs. Every single one in your family creates LLCs and services. The services that you need and require the most is what they're going to go into business doing. Right? If you already have a business, say say you, say you have a podcast, right, uh, uh-huh. Destiny? You have a podcast and you need marketing. And you mm-hmm. need someone who's going to do PR. So you see so your sister does marketing and PR. Mm-hmm. And you have someone someone who does um, um, advertising that your sister uses, right? Mm-hmm. They, they use that person in like your cousin does, your cousin does advertising. So you give your cousin, you pay, you pay all of these people money for services that you need instead of paying some white person to do this or some white company that's like siphoning money out of the community. What you've done is you've kept money on the table. So when, you know, the IRS comes at the end of the year and they say, yo, we want our money. Uncle Sam comes and he says, I want, I want my money. You know, when Sars comes and they say, yo, Hakeem, I want my money. They look at they look at what you've been investing in, all of these things that you've been investing in, all of these courses that you've been investing in, all all the places that you eat at. They're gonna look at your records, right? Yeah. And if everyone that you've been that you've been um, spending money on is in your family, then the returns, the tax returns, are coming back to the to the family table. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So IRS, the IRS is paying you. SARS is paying my family every single year. Then we win. And the money that we get from that, we reinvest in, in companies. We reinvest in the LLCs, or we start even more LLCs, mm-hmm. right? Because you you'll probably have a husband, um, and they have they have siblings. You teach them the system, the family banking system, and you keep it moving. 
So everyone, please look up Derek Grace. That course is amazing. It's taught me a million things. Just watching his YouTube, uh, his YouTube channel has, has taught me a lot of things. So please invest in that. Invest in those courses and and learn learn how to invest in yourself. Get the right resources that add up that that add up to the quality person you want to become. And in less than a year, you'll be that. The next year, you're living it without even noticing you're living it. And when you look back six years back. You, you're the, you're the only person. You're literally the best person that's ever existed in, in your life, and you, you can take, you can take that, you know, and, and brush your shoulder. Mm-hmm. You know, you can celebrate yourself. Yeah. So, so those are those are the tools. Those are those are the tools that I use that I use to unfuck my own life, and I teach that to people. Like I do, press. I obviously go deeper with all of them. Even in my therapy sessions, I teach these steps to people, and and they work. They literally work wonders. Because I'm like, I'm super involved in my clients' lives. I'm, I'm like super, super involved. The exercises that I send them after every session literally helps them see more than um, more than the problem areas that they found themselves stuck in that led them to me, right? Mm-hmm. So now you have this clean slate where you're not functioning off of your, your past fears. You're not functioning off of anxiety. You're not functioning off of depression. And you're not functioning off of limiting beliefs. If your slate is clean, then you need to show up a certain way. So then the exercises teach you how to show up. You know, you start designing your life, the twelve dimensions of your life, using the seven, um, the seven key steps that I've used to master everything. Yes. Oh my God. I feel I was gonna ask you, like, what would you like to leave my listeners with? But I feel like that was like perfect. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> I feel like that was like perfect. Like, oh my God, you really killed that. I'm like literally wrote down everything you just said, and like I'm programming it. You know, I'm yes, programming. Program. Okay. Program, baby. I am doing it. And I'm like, oh my God, now I'm like, okay, I got a different mindset. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So it's like, I'm. and that's why that's why podcasts are so important because they mm-hmm. like we literally we literally the new age Howard Stearns of the world right like mm-hmm. we the we the with the new age radio stations with the yeah. with the new age um you know um three three p.m. in in traffic you know what I mean like yes. we we literally do that and the fact that we share knowledge like we we in the knowledge brokering um um industry the fact that we're doing this for people literally is shaping and reshaping our communities and and for us to do this like yo if anyone is out there doing a podcast or it's just dreaming about doing a podcast just go into it you know start small start small and i promise you the people you're going to the people you're going to engage with or you just engaging with the people that are listening to your podcast is going to lead you into prosperity mm-hmm. that one i promise that one i promise so thank you thank you so much destiny like for for what you're doing please don't stop keep going keep going even further oh thank you i promise you i will i won't let you down <laughs> I won't let come you down. on mama Come on. Oh, let, let me you down. down. You're going to need therapy, and guess who you coming to? You. <laughs> Would you like to <laughs> tell my listeners about your services? Yeah, um, so I'm a transformational therapist. Um, to book, um, to book the session, you're gonna have to go to the website, uh, batubatu.com forward slash no, batubatu.com. That's B A T H O B A T S H O dot com com. check out check out the services that we offer we offer premium services um so i'll raise our premium as well but i can promise you with every single session that you take it's going to be transformational you are going to feel the changes in your life and you can carry that with you the first package that we have is age regression therapy that's where everyone should start when they're doing therapy and then we move to immersion therapy that's your day-to-day how do i want to show up in my day-to-day and then we move to progression that's the that's the uh personal coaching that's the high performance coaching that i i give my clients to um that's hella expensive but way worth it <laughs> way worth it so every every package from age regression immersion um and uh well the personal coaching one lasts forever that's you know when you need me i'm there for you um but age regression um and immersion therapy those ones have 10 sessions inside of all of them and we cover literally every single base in your life um and we help you improve greatly and we help you show up greatly and, and just like this podcast all all the information that i've just given in this podcast is literally free for me to give because I, like i i want you to do great so there's even more like when we do mindset that's two sessions when we do mindset right so mm-hmm. the unwiring and and like rewiring new programming your new programming and you design it yourself the information that you get in there just about your mind and how your mind works just about your um society and your community and how you've been you've been internalizing all of these things how your mindset has affected your heart all that information 
it's literally going to build a beast out of you. And so I encourage everyone to take these sessions. Just go to the website, butterwasu.com, um, connect with me. All my um, all my social media, at Hakeem Anderson, A-N-D-R-S-N, all my social media, all the links, all, all the links in the bio lead you either to the website or straight to the booking. Um, that's that's the one you have, uh, Destiny, and you get that um, automated response. It leads you it leads you straight to our WhatsApp, and that's where we do our sessions. We do online sessions, and then we do one on ones. Soon I'll be flying out to you um, out there in ATL, um, and, uh, doing the most, you know, doing the most. So um, so for for one on one coaching, I do fly out. Um, those are one on one services. I spend the whole day with you. Up, you know, I'll buy you lunch. <laughs> I'll buy you lunch, and we'll literally sit on your plan and we'll, we'll go we'll go into it we'll even do an immersion and you'll be amazing after that so um yeah courses are coming out um i think it either in december or january so so between december and january courses will be coming out on the site as well um on self-mastery self-mastery courses and peak performance courses so uh you guys be sure to grab that my books are also coming out we just canceled our um distribution deal with our previous uh, publisher so they halted all the merch and all the copies and now we've, we're going into the new we're going into the new publishing house and um all the copies should be out if not december then earliest is january 2021 Okay. Yes. yes, and I, I definitely have to grab your book, the Fuck the Bro Code. Yes, ma'am. Yes, <laughs> yes, ma'am. I'm That's going to grab it because I don't know. Me as a woman, I don't know why I respect the bro code and the girl code when I'm only a girl, you know. But yeah. it's just yeah. the type of person I am. But I mean, the bro code is really messed up. Like, how could you have that and be in a relationship? And why would you want that in a relationship? Like, it shouldn't even exist. It shouldn't. It shouldn't. But you know, we, we normalize things that are normal and that should never be normal and we we blame life and we blame God and we blame, you know, religion and we blame uh politicians, but it's us. We we do that. We the ones that continue our own abuses. We the ones that continue our own strife in life and, and we really need to stop doing that. We need to opt out of a lot of things and just rewire our minds into into betterment. Yeah. You know, and that's why that's why there's always going to be like a, a, a class a class at last gap, right? Yeah. At last and a wage gap. The wage gap is bro code inspired, right? Like mm-hmm. the, the men, whether they're white or black, are always going to make more than women, whether they were white or black. Right. Mm-hmm. Um and and we need to we need to opt out. So once you once you do your, your mindset, once you, you rewire your mindset and fix up your heart set, man, the world is on your feet. The world literally the world is at your feet. Literally. Awesome. Awesome. It's man. Well, I'm so grateful for your time. Like, honestly, I'm so grateful. And thank you so much for doing this. This was, like, really awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So awesome. And I know you're a busy person. I know you are. So I really do appreciate it. Really <laughs> thank, thank you thank you for having me it's been a beautiful hour and um i hope like like i said prosperity for your podcast and every thank single you. thing that you do um and if you do need a therapist you know who to holler at i and, know i yeah, holler now, now i got a dash <laughs> <laughs> yes have a nice day enjoy mama enjoy yours <laughs>